Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I'm really excited to bring you this episode because I think you're going to be inspired by the gentleman that we have on today. I have known this individual for really less than two years. Um, and what I've seen him and his significant other do in the last couple of years is nothing um, short of extraordinary. And so I wanted to bring him on. Not only have we become great friends, um, we connected immediately. I've got a background with, like I said, his significant other, Katie, um, that we'll probably get into a little bit later. But I've just seen these guys make some moves that I think um, will just kind of blow your mind, but also give you some freedom um, to just go out there and and make things happen in life. And, and it's really exciting what they've done and accomplished in um, just a sh- you know short period that I've known them. And so I think you're going to be inspired by the story. So Justin, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, Mike. I feel like if there was an Investing for Freedom trivia show, I could probably uh, nail it from how much I watch this podcast and listen to it. So it's kind of cool to be here in this I, position. So. I love it. I love it. And if if um, if they, you know, like on Facebook, you get the little badges, like if you're a top commenter yeah. or whatever, maybe I'll send I you a badge. coffee cup yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Steamy. I'll get you, uh, I'll get you the steamy badge for the show. <laughs> Um, let's jump into the four questions and then we'll circle back on the, the good stuff. So who has had the greatest impact on your life? Um, so I kind of knew these were coming, so I thought about them a little bit. Um, and I would have to say probably a combination of my grandparents. And I say that just because in high school, my parents ended up, um, splitting up. And so we kind of like bounce around between houses a little bit. It wasn't that bad or anything, but, um, one cool thing that we got to experience was we got to spend a lot of time with like grandparents. Right. And they kind of took on a role that was not necessarily like their job, not the gate. Right. But uh, I got to spend a lot of time with my grandfather and he's from Michigan used to like shovel tunnels in the street for like a quarter or something crazy. So like extremely hard worker, um, I'm just a, just a man's man, never saw him drink a drop of alcohol or say one curse word, but was also like the scariest man on planet earth at the same time could fix everything. It was just, I don't know, really good influence in our lives. And, um, you know, we got to experience kind of, I, I think it was kind of a cool perspective because, you know, we didn't just live in our one little ecosystem of our parents. We got to hang out with them and I think it was almost better. You know, you get to be around more personalities and you get influenced. And I think you're shaped by more people that way. So I'd have to say that it was pretty cool. You know what I love about doing this show? We've spent a lot of time together and, and talked quite a bit. I mean, you and Katie were in the couples mastermind last year. Um, so again, we've spent a lot of time together. But what I love about doing this show is I almost, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a guest on where I didn't like learn at least one, two, three, four different 
you know, things about him. And it's interesting because, I mean, you're, you're a fan of the show. So, so, you know, my background and the fact that, you know, I spent so much time with my grandparents, but I had no idea, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's something unique. I think that they definitely, you might get a little more spoiled or something in that aspect, but at the same time, it's just a, you know, I think being able to see more than one set of parents is almost just cool too. Like I said, you get shaped by multiple personalities and like my dad's like super charismatic and like, like just easy to talk to and just a social butterfly. And then my grandfather's like kind of the other way, like he's still not like closed off to people, but just a different personality. Right. So you get to, I don't know. I feel like I've blended through all of them, you know? Yeah. It's pretty so wild. It's kind of cool. Yeah. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? I would say, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to start back at zero. Like it always kind of sucks to like go back to ground zero and start over at something new. But I've often learned that if you're willing to give up what you have right now, there might be something better on the other side. A lot of times I feel like I've just been more capable of letting go of good and search for something a little bit better. I love it. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Um, well, I think like those two kind of go like coincide. So like, <laughs> I think I've had, it's, it's not necessarily a setback, but I kind of have resets. And so every time I reset, you know, I've gone from working in a coal mine for a long time and you get up to making like a hundred grand and it's like, cool. And then you have a reset into going into rig welding and you have to go be an apprentice and then work your way back up there. And then you get to the top of that and I'm like, all right, well, I don't want to do that anymore. So <laughs> got to, you know, have another setback and go back down to the being low on the totem pole of like real estate and investing and learning how to do all that. So it, I think a lot of it is like kind of time, time makes everything work. If, if you, if you let it, you know, if you, if you don't quit, it'll work out. You know, if you're putting your effort in and, and you actually try, then, you know, you can pretty much do anything over a given amount of time. So I, we're going to, we're going to circle back to this more, but you, you just made it sound like you're like 57 years old. Like how old are you? <laughs> uh, 27. Yeah. So I love this. And and again, we're going to unpack this guys, but stay with us because, um, Justin literally, I mean, he just touched on this, but you know, from, from the flatlands of, of Western Wyoming or Eastern Wyoming, excuse me, yeah. where the snow blows sideways and, like you're working out in the cold and like minus 20 degree temperatures. So coal mine, welder, um, all the above. And, and again, we met less than two years ago and you guys are like, we don't want to do this anymore. And, yeah. and just, <laughs> and just changed everything. So we'll, we'll come back to that, but I love that. Yeah. And it's such a great characteristic, I think in you and a lot of really successful people that I know when, when you don't want to do something anymore, I mean, so many people think that just because they've invested a year or four years or 10 years or 20 years of their life in something that they're stuck there. And that's what I love about watching people like you, because you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. So guess what? I'm not doing this anymore. And I love it. And even though you have to start at the bottom, it doesn't matter because it's another, um, I guess, yeah. growth trajectory, right? I, I just saw Gary Vee say something about this where somebody was like, Hey, I just got my master's in like engineering and all this stuff. And like, I don't want to do it, but I'm like mad that I wasted all this time. And he's like, getting your master's in engineering and doing all that time before wasn't a waste. He's like, what's going to be a waste is not changing it every day you go forward. Mm. So from here on out, if you know, you don't, you, you're not loving what you're doing now, you're wasting time. 
you didn't waste time doing the stuff before. Like yeah. if that's what you were truly interested in and everything, it's like, once you realize you're like, I want to make a change, that's when you're wasting time. So. Yeah. And it's so important too, because you never know, Kara, Kara actually put a podcast out on this when she first launched hers, um, marriage, money and mayhem. It's been a while, but she was talking about how, you know, back when we were younger, I was working at Delta rubber as, as a, I was, I was a rubber man. I mean, that's what I used to do. Um, or a hoser. They also called us hosers. Um, anyway, I was working at this hydraulic hose shop and all of a sudden, like, I just, I just knew that I needed to go there. Um, my, the guy that became my boss had offered me like an apprenticeship and I was working at this, um, hydraulic hose warehouse. And one day I was just like, you know what? I need to go take that job. And I didn't know why I just, I knew I was stuck and not going anywhere. And so I just, I'll make this short, but I, I called up the guy, his name was Doug Snyder. And I'm like, Hey, is that job still available? He's like, yes. I, he's like, be here Monday when this was like a Thursday. And I told Kara, we weren't married yet. So I didn't ask for permission about quitting my job. But when I told Kara this, so the other part of this is that like, I was going to be working out of town and she was like, no, you can't do that. This is a bad decision. Like all she's like trying to talk me out of it. Right. And the reason why she shared this on her podcast was that like, when we know we need to do something, you have to go with your gut. And, uh, she, you know, she even said this on the podcast. Like if I hadn't, if I hadn't done that and went and became a plumber and did all the things like, what would my life look like now? Because that very first business that we started, um, I don't know what kind of business I would have even started if I hadn't went and became a plumber. And, you know, you can, it's easy to connect the dots backwards, but the reality is, and, and like I said, Karen, and I were just talking about this like three or four months ago, my life would look totally different if I hadn't gone down that route. And so to your point with Gary Vee, it's like, none of that is wasted time or energy or experience or any of that. But I love, I love the way that he and you reframe that what's wasted is if we don't do what we know we need to do going forward. I love that. Katie always says this. I tell a lot of people this because like you said, we've changed like a lot of our life recently. And they're like, well, what do you think? And she always will just look at them and be like, what you're not changing, you're choosing. Mm. And so every time she says that, it just like puts it right in your face. Right. And so every day you go to whatever, if it's the same job or you want to do a different job, I mean, whatever it might be, but once you put it into your, um, like in your control, it's like, you're choosing to stay here now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's making you stay here. So what you're not changing, you're choosing, which is fine, but don't make it seem like <laughs> the world's not choosing it for you. You are choosing to be there. You know, and once you have a choice, everything's, everything's easier. Yeah. And that's just sage advice period, because 99% of the time it's, it's in our hands. You know, mm-hmm. Karen, and I've been talking about yeah. this a lot lately. There are things that we can't control. But we spend so much time focusing on that. And the reality is like, I think we spend a lot of energy focused on things that Karen and I have been like talking about this a lot, like being disconnected from the outcome. If there's something that's beyond my control, I need to be disconnected from the outcome. Because if it's truly beyond my control, then I have no say or control over how it's going to go anyway. So I need to be disconnected from that. But the reality is the majority of things in our life are within our control to make decisions, to make changes, or we're where we're at, even if it's beyond our control now, I created this situation. And right, so even right. if, even if there's nothing I can do about the fact that I created it, it's, it's my, it's my cross to bear. And I just need to learn the lesson from it. So I love that what you right. are not changing, you are choosing. And the reality is 
we almost, and again, I want to, I'm going to unpack your story here in a little bit, but you could have chose to remain a welder. That life didn't suck. I mean, you were really good at it. Right. Um, other than a few months out of the year, it probably actually really sucked, but yeah, it did suck a little bit, but yeah, but you chose it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. I don't, I mean, just because you enjoyed it, I've, you know, I wasn't a welder, <laughs> but I was a pipe fitter back in the day too, which most people probably don't even know that, but you know, I've talked about this and I was a plumber, but we did a lot of mechanical work, like at the mines and that kind of stuff too. So I, I spent plenty of hours learning how to fit pipe and TIG welding and running, running cords and wrapping up cords and man, what a, what a bear. It's not that easy. Come on. Oh yeah. It's, Real estate's a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, I heard a guy say one time that people would look at him and be like, yeah, I work really hard. And he'd be like, no, you don't work hard. You work a lot. Mm. He's like, I've done hard work. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't like hard work. He's like, that sucked. He's like, we can work a lot. He's like, I can show you hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and I always like joke with people about that when they're like, yeah, we're out here like grinding, like working hard. And I'm like, I mean we could look at deals all day and it's really not that hard. I'm like, it's a lot of mental capacity. Yes. But I'm like, yeah, I could show you some hard work that you would hate. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and Karen and I were just talking about this the other day, but, and you'll relate to this. And again, I've never even shared this, but we used to like, we went to this church and we would stay out till like all hours of the night sometimes. And then I, I, so I had to be at the shop at 4 45 AM. So, you know, half the time I'd leave my house at like three, three twenty, three fifteen. Um, no, four, four fifteen, four twenty. Um, yeah. but you know, you'd go to bed at like sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes I'd literally go to bed at one o'clock at night and get like two or three hours of sleep. And, and it's hard work to your point. Like I remember, do you know what an, a, an acetylene tank weighs? Oh, uh, or the, the smaller settle or like a big acetylene tank probably weighs like 80 pounds. Yeah. And what about the oxygen? Oxygen tank weighs like 120, probably like maybe more. So we used Full, to probably a little bit more. Yeah. So we used to do, and, and I love what you just said about like, cause so many people think they work hard and, and yeah, yeah, like you said, maybe mentally, maybe it's a lot of hours, maybe it's a lot of phone calls, you know, you're grinding for dollars yeah. or whatever. And, but I used to, when I was a laborer, we'd have to pack those oxygen and acetylene tanks, like freaking up to the top of these CIL tanks at the gold mines. And that was my, like, sometimes, sometimes I'd have to stage and it's just up and down and up and down. I don't even think I could work that hard anymore, honestly. Yeah. If I went back and did it right now, I'd go die. I could die. It would be horrible. Yeah. We worked just for like a, a tiny interjection. We, we had the opportunity to come back to Gillette and work rig welding. And I was still helping at that point in time. Um, but it, it's it, in the rig welding world. If you get to work in your hometown, it's like a godsend. Mm-hmm. It never happens. You're always on the road. So you have this one opportunity. They're like, it's at least three months of work. So, I mean, that was like a lot. Right. And we're like three months of work. If we get our name in the bucket and we're like, do good, we might be able to stay there for like six months, maybe a year. And that was, that will be on record the hardest three months of my whole life. Like you get in the shower at night and stand up in the shower and you almost didn't even want to stand up because your feet hurt so bad because mm. you're working 16 hours all day in the summertime and you have to wear long sleeve. I'm sure you are familiar with this. You got to wear FR clothes. You wear long sleeve pants and or jeans and long sleeve shirts and all this crazy stuff. And you're welding and it's a hundred degrees outside. 
and then it's dusty when it's not, you know, when you do get a breeze, it's dusty. So it's just like all this crazy stuff. So yeah, yeah it's the same thing. If I went back and did that right now, I'd be like, we're idiots. What are we doing on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and so many people don't think about this, but there'd be a lot of times we were, I remember building a fuel station on the, uh, it, this, there was a mine called Barrick and it was like, it wasn't out in the middle of nowhere, but it was way on the other side of this pit and there was nothing out there. There was no, no break rooms, none of that stuff. And, you know, a lot of times we found ourselves out in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even think people think about this, but you know, you're eating either cold lunch or like we would, we would heat up our lunches on, on the welding rigs and, you know, start the, yeah. the truck. We used to get in trouble when they came out with the GPS on the trucks. Cause we'd run the trucks to try to heat up our food on the engine, you know, and I don't think people oh, yeah. think about that. Well, yeah. And people, it's, it's a completely different environment. Like you have to think about going out, you're basically building something from nothing. You're going to a piece of dirt and you're creating stuff and like farming with like Neanderthal equipment out there working with some of the pillars of the community, That's you so know? Funny. Well, and that was, that was all like a tangent. I, I, I wasn't intending yeah. on, um, you know, taking us there, but what you're not changing, you're choosing. And it was such sage advice because, well, and we might've taken away from it. Cause now most people are probably thinking, well, I mean, no wonder he left. Um, but anyway, we'll get into that. So what is the single piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? I'll go kind of, uh, kind of split it here. One would be that if, if you don't, if you don't quit, you can't lose. Can't lose if you don't quit. I think especially making transitions like that, it's just tough and you'll, you'll hit a lot of, it's just a goofy game. Real estate's a goofy game. Welding was a goofy game. Like there's a lot of almost politics in anything you get into, right? Where you just feel like you're struggling or whatever it may be, whether you can't find a deal or you can't find funding or this and that. And you just feel like the biggest dummy in the world whenever you get started on some stuff. That that would be one of them. And then mentors. I, I think that was probably something that catapulted Katie and I was just paid paid mentorship, right? It was just somebody that you can plug into and I think it's tough because there's when you're in that zone, you don't even know who to reach out to. Like I didn't know it was, you know, by chance that kind of we connected and Katie's like, you need to you need to get in touch with Mike. You know, like these people are awesome. I can care amazing. And so I think we were really fortunate to be able to plug into you guys. But I mean, that's another thing that can accelerate you light years. Right. But it's, you know, it can be a little tough, especially when you're on like in your own echo chamber and ecosystem. Mm-hmm. that you talk about a lot, you know, like who's, who in the oil field is going to be like, Oh, I know this great life and business coach that I've been using for the past three years that you should really reach out to. He's helped me really expand, you know? So that's, that's one thing. I mean, if you can find somebody, whether it is paid or not paid or whatever, but find somebody that's doing something that you think's cool and, and try to plug into them, you know? You know, on that, I want to, I want to camp on that for a minute because Again, it's been less than two years. I mean, I think we did the math backwards and um, Katie actually came into town or was coming into town to come to our house to a powerhouse women's virtual event. And so I, I think you said it was September of 2022 or something like that. And you came with her and we went golf. We went golfing for the first time. That's when we met. And then you guys, you guys stayed at our, we- our house that weekend, right? I think that was the weekend we did. Yeah. Because we came down twice and I think I missed you once doing something, but that might've been before or after. I can't remember. But yeah, I think we stayed with you guys up then. Yeah. So I'm curious because, um, I, I don't want to just, you know, jump right over that. So you, I mean, first of all, I think people get nervous and scared to, you know, reach out and Hey Mike, do you want to go golfing or, you know, whatever, whoever, whoever it is that you're, you know, wanting 
to be mentored by or, or, you know, I hate when people say pick your brain. Like you've never asked me to pick your, pick my brain. You said, Mike, can I take you golfing? Um, the answer to that is probably always going to be yes. And I think that was such a right. genius way to approach it. But I think on the, on the point of mentorship, when you were talking about that, so many times I think people don't want to invest in a coach, a mentor, their growth. And here's the thing that I want to state and then ask your opinion on. Very seldom is it comfortable or very seldom can you afford the mentorship or the coaching program or whatever, because usually whatever it is that you're trying to get into, I, I talk to people all the time that are like, you know, I would love to do that. But the reality is um, I can't afford to do that right now because I need to spend the money doing X, Y, Z. I've never invested in a coaching or mentoring program that I could afford or that I felt comfortable, um, you know, not stepping into. So what's your thoughts on that? Um, no, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm kind of glad you asked because I always go back and forth on like posting about that or something. Right. And I'm like, just ball out and like do something. Um, but I think there's like a lot of factors to it. I think, I, I think when somebody, cause, cause when we did the couples mastermind, for example, that was a stretch for us. Right. And there was like a lot of thoughts that went through my head as far as the same thing. Right. Like this is like a push, right? Like, okay, geez, this is gnarly. I don't know about this. Like we could buy another like, flip. <laughs> right. Right. And we're like, like, especially cause when, if you've never done that, your sphere has obviously probably never done that either. And so it's, it's hard to relate or get advice from people that have never done that on what they think. Cause it's going to sound ridiculous to them. But I think you develop a few things as far as I like looking back on that. I think it's important if you want to be mentored by somebody or even in the future, if you want somebody to like kind of have trust in you mentoring them, I think it's like a kind of like, like a, you, you have to put that out into the universe. I needed to trust you with, with my like money and time and everything. Right. But like, I need to put this trust in Mike because one day somebody I, I might be like, mentoring and I need somebody to go all in on me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that was some of it. I think another part of it was like, this is super uncomfortable and that that's got it. Like it's scary, but looking back on it, that's a good thing, right? Like if it's easy and everything, you won't take it seriously, probably. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what got you here won't get you there. Right. So a lot of it is just like, like there's, there's so many different facets to it, but then I feel like sometimes we're all also offered an opportunity and we won't put our money where our mouth is, right? Yeah. Because I think a large portion of it is going to be money, right? Like when you talk to somebody that hasn't done it, they're going to be like, like you said, it's just I'm not in the right space to do it. And it's like a lot of people talk about wanting to level up and wanting to do something a little bit differently. And then you're like, okay, well, this is the this is you know admission mm -hmm. to learning more. And it's like, oof. And it's like, well, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is at some point. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And that's why I say it's weird because you do need to, I think it was perfect how it worked out for us is like, we got to know you guys before. So I think there's maybe some point of like, kind of like vetting who you're looking to spend some money with, you know, get to know them. Listen, I listen to your podcast a ton, you know what I mean? So I think definitely do your homework on who you're, you know, trying to invest in to get back to invest into you and all this different stuff. But I, I think a, a large portion of it is like, if you're never, 
if you're never willing to put that out into the universe, it's probably never going to come back to you, right? Like if you're just scared to make the jump the whole time, why would it ever reciprocate with you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, so you're kind of touching on something that I think is really important. What I'm not saying is that, you know, you should just, and I think this is exactly what you were just kind of hinting at. You got to get really clear on what it is you need, because the only way you could have the best coach, you could be in the best mastermind in the world. I don't think we could do this, but if we could rank the number one coach or the number one mastermind in the world for whatever, um, just because they're the number one or the best doesn't mean they're going to help you if you're not really clear on what it is that you need or want. And so that's one thing that I think has made me um, and Kara, you know, pretty successful in I'm led, I'm led by, you know, what I really want to accomplish. So it's like, what, and I I can trace this backwards. I mean, and I, I talk about this all the time, but really on the other side, of everything we need is a human. It's a who, right? And so when I go right. way back, um, my, my one of my first real mentors, his name was Ben French. And he was my boss at Denny's. And then I worked for him later at uh, this place called JR's. And he was probably one of my first mentors. I actually worked for him. So I didn't have to obviously pay him, but he was a mentor. Um, I didn't choose necessarily him as a mentor. He was my boss, but he became a mentor. Your boss isn't always a mentor, but they can be a mentor. But then when you, you know, fast forward, um, starting my first business, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I knew I was so in over my head. I didn't know anything about accounting. I didn't know anything about numbers. And so what did I do? I went and sought out a business consultant because I knew what I needed. The way to find what you, you have to know what you need first in order to find the right mentor or mastermind or coaching program or whatever, which I think is really what you were, you know, when you were talking about vetting us out and you got the opportunity to know us ahead of time and all of that. What I I don't think what we're saying is that, you know, you just need to be in a, you just need a coach. You just need to be in a mastermind, whatever. What we are saying is that once you get really clear on what it is you need, it's a lot easier to identify who can help you when you know what you're lacking to get from A to B. And I think that's the, I think that's the trick in all of this. And, and I also, you know, Chris Harder said this so eloquently at one point in time, he said, he's always going to have a major and a minor. And I've kind of subscribed to that, but there's also periods of time where I think that, you know, you don't always have to be in one or two or three different masterminds or, you know, coaching communities or different groups. It's all seasonal too, right? Right. I mean, I, we didn't have anything this year, but I, I think that's exactly it. Like you're going to go through, like it, it's it's going to be like exponential at points and, and to your degree. Yeah. I mean, seeing, seeing you and Kara's lifestyle was something that we're like, okay, we want it to be similar, right? Maybe not like everything to a T, but I think that helped a lot where we're like, there's a lot of commonalities that we want to kind of get close to. And I think that's why it helped and why, I mean, everything just kind of worked out really well. And another thing with that is it's just like, there's, there's so many other things beside a lot of, even with a mastermind is just removing yourself from your own circle. Mm-hmm. And being around people who are even willing, other couples, maybe not even the mentors in the mastermind, but other couples that are willing to invest in themselves, mm-hmm. right? Like people that are just like, I'm trying to do something different. Yeah, Just that headspace is refreshing, right? So, I mean, you'll get more out of being in a group like that sometimes than just the sessions themselves, right? Yeah, Like it won't be like, oh, this every one-on-one call we had was like, okay, that was perfect. And I'm a better human because of it now. Like, like sometimes it's just these other little like spontaneous texts or conversations with people in them and whatnot that are just like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I, 
my my epiphany was, you know, I'm living in Elko, Nevada, which there's nothing wrong with Elko, Nevada. I loved that town and it made me who I was for 27 years. But I'm living in Elko, Nevada in the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And I'm like, you said this earlier, like, you know, nobody in the oil field is like saying, oh, like, here's my coach and my mentor. And, um, so you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I had this epiphany, even at that point in time, like I, I realized I didn't need to move to necessarily you know, get surrounded by five new higher level thinking people than me, you can join a mastermind. And so I, you know, strategically went looking for actually the universe brought this to me. Um, Tyler Gunter actually, and, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this, but you know, I was curious, one of my clients, um, at Plumline, he was actually one of my first clients ever. He was a big syndicator, commercial real estate investor out of Las Vegas, but he bought a ranch in Elko, Nevada. We started our plumbing and heating company in 2004. I got a referral and he was like my first, one of my first clients. I went out to his new ranch that he had just bought and replumbed his ranch house. And so I got to know him. And over the next 10 years, um, he was always talking about syndicating and investing and he became an unpaid mentor of mine. Uh, his name's Mike Gleason. I'm actually trying to get him on the podcast, but he's like this, he's a very, very successful person. He might even listen to the podcast. I don't know. Um, but he would just coach me and teach me all the time. And so he always mentioned this syndication and I was investing in real estate. And then when I sold the company, he's like, you know, you really need to think about syndication. What the hell's syndication out of nowhere, Tyler Gunter sends me this little screenshot and it said secrets of successful syndication. And it was, um, it was a two day seminar that the real estate guys put on, which by the way, if you're listening to the show and you're interested in, you know, raising capital, investing passively, any of the above, you should really check out that, um, conference because it, they do it, they do it twice a year. And it's just a room of like 200 people. It's just amazing. So anyway, Tyler sends me this screenshot and I look at the date and it's like January 21st through the 25th or something like that. And it's like January 13th. And I told Kara, I said, I'm, I, I need to go to this. And it was like the first conference I had ever, I, I'd been to like some Franklin Covey conferences and, you know, some HVAC conferences and stuff. But I like first real estate conference, I told Kara, I said, I'm going to this. She's like, I'm going too. So we book our tickets, we go to Phoenix. And by the end of that weekend, I'm like investing in their mastermind. It's the first mastermind I ever joined. I just knew that I needed to be in there. And the reason why I'm kind of saying this is like, once you get clear on the fact that you're looking for something or, or it doesn't have to be even exact. Like I didn't know that I wanted to be a syndicator and raise a bunch of capital and buy mobile home parks. And I didn't have that all mapped out, but I knew I needed something more and I knew it was in the real estate space and it kind of brought itself to me. And life does that if you're paying attention, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So let's, let's connect the dots. I want to kind of bring this together. So you and I met, we go golfing. Um, you guys to just kind of talk to me about what ensued over the next, let's call it six months, 12 months, 24 months. Talk, talk to me about life. So the summer that I came down and we played golf earlier that summer, me and Katie had started our first foot together. I think she had done one or two before with a couple other partners. Um, but that was when, so earlier that summer was when COVID hit and that's when we watched oil hit like negative $20 a barrel or something stupid. Right. And at that point it was like comical because we're like, they're going to fire all of us. And so at one point they came out there and you basically work out of your truck and live out of your truck and they come out there and they're like, all right, pack everything up that you have on site. 
Because you leave a lot of tools out there, right? They're like, pack everything up you have and go home. We'll let you know when you're coming back. So we started our first flip. I think we had talked about a deal before that, maybe over Zoom, but still didn't really know you, was listening to your podcast. And so we get a month off. We start that flip. And I'm like telling Katie, I'm like, I'm out. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, because we're about, I can see like dollar signs in this flip. And I'm like, we're about to make X amount on this flip. I'm like, we could do a few of these a year. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not welding another winner. And didn't want to weld another winner at least. Kept saying that. And so started that flip. I think I bought a fourplex that summer. Met you guys. And then going into that fall, I was, uh, we were working off and on. So it was like very slow, but we had started back up and we're like 40 hours a week, which is like <laughs> part-time out there, yeah. basically. That's like travel and, time, um, basically. Yeah, exactly. So barely working like four days a week or something stupid. And um, I think around Thanksgiving, I'm like, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get my real estate license. I'm like, I can start selling and we can start doing flips. That deal had worked out. We ended up burning it and keeping it. I've got the fourplex for remodeling and stuff. And I'm like, this is cool. And we had to take classes in Cheyenne. So I go down to Cheyenne, take my real estate classes. And then I get back from my second week of real estate classes and my transmission in my truck goes out. So you work out of your truck, you live out of that thing. And so middle of COVID transmission goes out and there's like no parts in the nation for a Dodge transmission. And so I'm like, well, sweet. Like what? And the, I think the, turnaround time for most shops was like two months but i just got my license and it was the end of thanksgiving had gone by and i was like well whatever but i didn't activate my license until december but that was kind of like the sign where i'm like okay I'm, i guess i'm not working another winter right like basically it wasn't working anyways and the transmission in the truck went out when i got back and i'm like this is going to take forever to get fixed so i actually ended up selling my big machine. I sold two big machines I had because I'm like, that's it. I'm out. Like I'm calling quits. You know, well, we're not changing. We're choosing like I'm all in. Let's do this. And started, started selling January, uh, January one, of 2021. And me and Katie kind of wrote down some goals and we're like, what do we want to do? Like, what is our goal? Like we don't want to live in Gillette. I'm like, if we're selling real estate, I was like, you can do that anywhere. I can sell real estate anywhere. We can do flips anywhere. I was like, why are we here? And she's like, right. Okay. So we're like, let's make a plan. Let's move out of Gillette by December. I think our date was like December of 2021. That's when we had to be out of Gillette. And so we're like, all right, if we're going to move out of Gillette, what do we have to do to get down to Phoenix? Like, what's the goal? And she's like, well, we got to sell her house that she had at the time and i'm like perfect let's do it and so we got this like kind of formulated we ended up we were a part of the mastermind at that point so i think that was like part of it right we went to a, a retreat in january and I, I think it was when we got back from the retreat i'm like let's like map this out so that's when all that kind of happened the, the weather at the mastermind and, um, in january was perfect yeah remember, right like <laughs> so yeah it was ridiculous everybody down there is like oh, it's a little chilly and i'm like i'm living here <laughs> yeah for sure um so we came back and then we looked at i think we flew back one more time to look at homes and that's when uh we had breakfast and i'll never forget when we flew back that weekend, we, we were only in for a day. I think we spent the night there, but we were only there for like 
overnight and then a little bit the next day and then flew back into rapid. And the whole plane ride home was like, you were like in a deep meditative state of like, I'm supposed to live there. Mm. And it was like, we weren't supposed to meet you guys that week. Like there was no plan on us, like seeing you guys or, and we ended up connecting with like you guys and somebody else. And it was like the gnarliest weekend unplanned. And we're like, we're supposed to live down there for sure. And looked at some homes and then Katie was like, all right, let's put my home on the market. We will sell this one. And then, you know, we'll get it listed. And then once it sells, then we'll like kind of trickle down there or whatever. Well, she had a client and ended up selling the home off market with one showing as soon as we like kind of mapped out, like we have to sell the home and we have to get these two projects done and like showed it one time home sells. And we're like, Oh no, (laughs) we have to move like quickly. And so it was, it was like a bunch of like crazy stuff. That was when um, second home loans were also, they were like tightening up on them. I think Kenny and Freddie were like, we're not doing second home loans. So um, another friend of ours, Mike Baltazar was like, if you guys want to get approved, like you're going to have to buy a home by like May. And so now we had a timeline that we had to like close on her house and buy a new house down here. And it was like all these things that once we were like decided on it, it was like, yep, see, we'll just push you in the right direction. We ended up finding a house in Gilbert and kind of like bought and sold and whatever, switched around, actually sold her house, moved into a flip, like as it was getting finished, the shower was still leaking in the garage because it was like not even test ran when we move in there. So we moved into that flip, got it finished up and then moved down here and like by May, I think, or June. And it was just like this, like bang, 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 bang. Like all this stuff was just like lining up. And then from there, that was May or June of 21. And we were like, okay, we're going to plug into this brokerage. We're going to do great. We should be able to sell like two homes easy a month. Like this is fine. I'm like, I'll cold call these leads. I'm like, this is going to be cake. Uh, We got it. Two deals a month. I'm like, it's nothing. It was like absolute trash (laughs) for like months. I'm like, I don't know. I had deals fall apart, fall apart, like day of closing, random stuff. And I'm, I looked at Katie um, last year and was like, this is not like, we're not flowing. Like something's not right. Like we're trying, the universe is like looking at us. I'm like, nah, not going to let you do this. And so I was like, let's find a flip. We know how to flip. Let's, we're just going to force our hand on a flip. And so we decided that we were going to try to find two deals before December. And we ended up finding one and closed on it. So we were like, all right, that's cool. Found a partner, found a decent flip and everything. And started rolling on that. And uh, yeah, we've just been, we've been picking up a few deals here and there ever since then. And Katie's closed some regular transactions, but it was just kind of, I don't know, forced upon us to figure it out. And then I think there's a little bit in there though, that uh, as far as working in your zone of genius too, that we had to kind of realize when we got down here, Mm -hmm. because I think I did push against what is, was almost meant for us. And I don't think that things should always necessarily be easy, but I think sometimes it can be a bad fit. When you say push against, like you went the easy route or what? What? No, I think I tried Cause I don't like, I think I went against what was like my gift. Like I was just like, I'll just make these cold calls and like try to sell a regular residential, like flipping. Like we were able to just, ah. I can, I can see a project come together. I can 
you know, raise money, get the deal together, help everybody make money. But I am not a good regular residential guy. Right. Yeah. And I was just like, I'll just force it because I can just make it happen. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like the and, easy route, right? That was like the default. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So it, it seemed easier, but it like turned into being more of, it, it was like harder because it's not. Well, and the mindset, I think coming into a a new market, especially one like Phoenix is, you know, there's so many big names there and flippers and people that have this, there's always more room. Like there's always more room, right? Yeah. You just see everybody that's flipping down here and you're like, there's no more deals left. Yeah, they're done. We're going to die. There's none left. There's definitely not any left for me that wants to flip like 12 to 24 a year. And they're like, yeah, we've got like six in the trash can. Do you want any of those? They're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. So what you're not changing, you're choosing. Um, let's let's kind of yeah. pull this together and put a bow on it. So I love, and again, I, I want to, this is less than two years. Like this timeline is just crazy insane. And so what are, and selfishly, I'd also like to know a few um, key takeaways from the couples mastermind. I'd love to just kind of decompress that. But what are some of the key takeaways over the last two years in general um, that you could kind of narrow down for us? I think, I think one big takeaway for me is that like, it's, if you want to move with speed, it's going to, it can potentially be more painful, right? I often think about it as like a diet. So if you want to lose 30 pounds right now, it's going to be more painful than if you want to lose 30 pounds over two years, Mm. right? So I think you can move with a lot of speed, but you have to be you have to be careful. Like it's possible, but it's just going to be more painful. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not to say it's not good, bad or indifferent. It's just when you're doing big stuff, it's, you're making a lot of changes and, and, and doing different things that it's, it's gonna, it's gonna push you to where you're uncomfortable. I think it's good to surround yourself with people that kind of call you out on it too. I remember we had a conversation that I've talked about before and you're like, Hey man, you need to pull it together. Nobody said it was going to be easy, <laughs> but it's just going to like, you just like, you need to talk to somebody. And I think a lot of times I was just like, man, I need to hold it together. Like, this is just, I got to portray this to just be like flawless. And it's going to be like cake and this and that. And it's, I don't, I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. It doesn't have to be like catastrophic, but mm-hmm. you know, you're doing some big stuff, you know, you're getting uncomfortable. You're, you're moving around, changing your whole ecosystem. So it's going to be a little uncomfortable. So kind of there's that speed to yeah. comfort. Well, a couple of things um, that I'm thinking on that too, and that's just great sage wisdom. Part of moving too fast. I mean, there's such a balance there because, you know, so I think a lot of times people will, will, will move way too slow, which right. what you're not changing, you're choosing. But I love the wisdom that you're dropping on also, you know, being careful when you're moving fast, because sometimes when we're moving fast too, we haven't even really, we don't even know if we're failing or not. Because if you're moving too fast, like we haven't even given it time to really, you know, filter out yet. And so I love that wisdom about just being careful when you are moving fast, because I almost feel like there's these periods of time. And again, this has been like two years for you guys. You guys have done more in two years, made more decisions, more big life changes than most people make in 10 or 15 years. But I feel like when you're in touch and in tune with what you really want, again, circling back to this is why I'm always like, what do you really want? Why do you want it? Then we can start talking about what are you going to do to get it, measure the results. And I think the thing that's so wise about what you're saying when you're moving so fast, you sometimes we're moving so fast, you can't even measure results. Like you haven't even yeah. given it time to, to 
you know, vet out. And that's, there's that whole, you know, book on three feet. It's such a balance. Like, and that's why it's so important to number one, I think be in tune with you and yourself, your intuition, your knowledge, but also have those mentors, which is the second part of that. You know, you were saying that like, everything's fine. I got it all together. Like we don't want to be transparent, but the reality is that's an old mindset when we're surrounded by chickens because the chickens like all just want to peck at each other. But the reality is yeah. like, if you're surrounding yourself with people that are successful and have your best interests in mind, and, and by the way, I'm a firm believer that the majority of people that are super successful has had their ass handed to them 15 ways to Sunday. Like they've, they've been through it. And also most people that are successful have had people care for them, have had people mentor them. And they're, you know, Christopher, I think his name's Lockhead. Yeah, Chris Lockhead. He came and spoke at GoBundance and he made this statement. He said, when you get to the top and excuse the language, but he said, when you get to the top, don't forget to throw down the fucking rope. And I've loved that for so long because most successful people are willing to help you. But then I want to circle back to what you were saying. If you're not transparent and you're not honest about your struggles and your challenges and your setbacks, nobody can help you. And we're, there's, we don't want to show our weakness because there's, there's an entire large percentage of people out there that when you show your weakness, they're just going to peck at you even further. I had chickens, man. And when, when chickens get wounds, they, they'll peck at each other and it just makes it worse and worse and worse. And people are like that sometimes, but you got, when you get in the right circles and you have the right people that you're surrounded by, they're not going to do that to you. But the other side of it is, and you dropped so much wisdom when you said this, and I'll throw it back to you. Um, if you're scared to be honest and not be completely truthful because of ego and, you know, this guy's going to think I'm an idiot and, you know, whatever, they can't actually help you. Yeah. I think that was, that's, that's kind of like another big takeaway is like you learn, I think I learned a lot more like emotional management, if that's a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't, you, you do want to be able to like tell somebody, open up to somebody without really, you don't want to be a drain on them, right? You want to be like, Hey, look, maybe I need help with this, but you don't want to be the guy that's like showing up and you're like, oh, I just got problems. And I like, Poor me. my life sucks. Right. So I think that's a big part of it. Like just, you know, I think it just comes with time. I don't think that you can just be like, all right, read the book. I'm good to go. Because mm -hmm. it, it's just like every day is a little new. And so you have to kind of work on it. It's it's definitely, that's an acquired trait. I read that book, um, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. And he goes through um, having done all the research for his book, the other book or whatever, um, They Can Grow Rich. And he's still getting beat up mentally, right? Mm -hmm. Like, He's still just like, what's going on here? So, you know, I think a lot of times that that was some of me too, is like, I'm like, I thought I had it figured out. And now I'm, I'm like getting beat up again. Like what? So it's, it's like an ongoing battle. I think I'm just like, you have to kind of reset and like, okay, here we go. Like you just got to get better at being a better emotional manager. But well, I think that's, that's a valuable skill. And the thing is, is Katie's wisdom is ringing back in my brain again what you're not changing, you're choosing. And so the reality is it doesn't matter the lesson you learned yesterday or six months ago or whatever. Not that we shouldn't, you know, catalog that and not make the same mistakes. But the reality is the person that you're going to be in one year, three years, five years, 10 years is a whole other level human that needs to learn new experiences. And so to your point, that process never ends, right? 
Right. And it's, it's just goofy. Like, I don't know. It's I've, I've told people that too. Like you go from being a rig welder, like you have hard work, but you don't have a hard, like you never have like a, like you have to do a lot of math and stuff, but you don't have, you don't have to do that emotional management. Right. You show up, you know, where everything's going. You think like there's, there's like not really a lot of responsibility. There is to certain and other aspects, but like that's, that's one of the traits that I feel like is, is like you want to do something different. You're going to have to develop a new talent. And that's, I think that's more of the like entrepreneur, like real estate, thing is like you have to be able to manage your emotions a little bit differently you have to you're not you're not the welder anymore so you can't think like i just want to show up here and swing the hammer well also the thing that i've realized too is that you know i used to tell my technicians this all the time a technician would come in from a job and they'd be like yeah can't figure it out and i'm like what do you mean you can't figure it out if you don't figure it out who's going to figure it out like they're going to call our competitors you're the only (laughs) guy that can figure it out and so The thing, like, as you're saying that about, you know, the challenges, and by the way, I'm not like, we don't, we're not downplaying the challenges that exist in the oil field as a rig welder or whatever, but the reality is this goes back to, you know, things you can control that we were talking about earlier, because the more you get into investing and running businesses and that kind of stuff, the less and less and less is in your control and you have to get disconnected from the outcome. When you're out in the field and you're welding, you either have materials or you don't. Or, you know, they, I mean, there's only so much that's outside You're. it's either, I mean, you can either weld or you can't, the wind is blowing sideways or it isn't. Um, but in, and again, I think this is where the other version of us starts to show up and what you're talking about with emotional and growth and everything else. There's so much that happens in your day to day, you know, over budget, can't find contractors, can't get the money, et cetera. So I think it's just, you know, um, Dr. John, my coach said something to me the other day. He said, what would the 10 year older version of you say about this? And I'm like, such a great question. I, uh, I had somebody, I heard, I heard somebody say that and it is great. Like you can almost, you can almost pull advice from your future self by being like, well, what would I think Mm if I was smarter in this position? Because you have the answer, like you have the answer, Mm -hmm. but you're just so, I, I mean, it's just a conditioning. You're being an employee for whatever, 10 years or whatever. And being like, they tell me this, I go do this. They tell me that I go do that. And then you switch to like, figure it out, figure it out, dude. Like nobody's, it's it's just different. And I don't know. I think you, I think a lot of people go through an identity crisis. And especially I've told Katie this, I'm like, especially for males, I feel like it's a weird position to be in to go from like, I know everything I'm doing to be like, okay, I actually know absolutely nothing and now I'm in entire control and I'm, this is a nightmare. <laughs> but you, I mean, if you're able to figure all that out, then it's, that's how you kind of escape that world, right? Is being able to navigate that. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation, man. Um, couple, couple takeaways from the couples mastermind. Shameless plug yeah, on my part. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that was, I mean, some of it was just that, that different ecosystem as far as, as surrounding yourself with people that are willing to bet on themselves. Um, everybody that you guys brought in was like amazing. And, you know, you guys controlled that, but couldn't control who was going to decide. Right. Um, so I think just being around people that are willing to bet on themselves was, was just something that's kind of invaluable. 
um, experiencing something that you wouldn't do for yourself. Mm. Right. I feel like we got to do some cool experiences that maybe we wouldn't have done for ourselves Mm -hmm. and getting in that, like you kind of create in your mind what you deserve and kind of go beyond that and be like, Oh, Oh yeah, this is a little bit different. Um, and, and just, just getting uncomfortable. I mean, that was seriously last year was like, it was, it was gnarly, but just, just forcing yourself to do something different and, you know, what you're not changing, you're choosing and choose something bigger than yourself. It's good. I love it. Um, that's one thing that Karen and I have loved with the couples mastermind that you kind of touched on. Uh, there's a lot of things that, you know, we would want to do, but we never do it for ourselves, like on these trips and stuff, but also doing it with other couples. Like even when you go on trips with like five or six other couples, like everybody's so worried about what everybody else wants to do. We don't plan shit. Um, so that's been really fun. Just, you know, planning, planning the stuff with the couples mastermind. So, um, I'll wrap it up. We're kind of up against the hour. Um, you guys are doing flips. You have opportunities for investors. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of, we bring in some private money. So if anybody's interested in that, you can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, Justin Helby 222 or Katie Anderson. So yeah, we're doing some deals in Arizona. Going to probably start buying some more rentals down here now that we're a little more comfortable. So doing some rentals, doing some flips, doing deals, man. Love it. Well, this has been truly inspiring. I'm just so like excited to, you know, see what you and Katie are going to do over time. I mean, if you last couple of years or any indication, I'm sure you guys are going to crush it. So as a side note, um, it was Justin's really inspiration. Once the couple's mastermind it's o- is over, it's kind of like, now what? So we talked about, um, you know, doing an annual event every year where we bring the alumni together, plus the current uh, couples. And then we're going to add a uh, day and a half mastermind on the backside for new couples. Not They don't have to commit to the whole year. It's just an event. So if any of you are listening and you are interested in the um, annual event that we're going to be doing in November, text the word event to 480-531-7519 and you'll get to meet Mr. Justin and Katie there. Um, yeah, it's going to be super cool. So the alumni come in on a Thursday night. We spend the day, the day together, Thursday, and then all day Friday with the alumni and current couples. And then Friday night, oh, new couples come in and then all day Saturday we hang out and then we have a big dinner together. So if any of you are listening and you're interested in joining us just for the one-time event in November, text the word event to 480-531-7519 and go find Mr. Justin Helvey and, um, I don't know, throw some money at him, make some money together. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Go to the event. It'll be worth it. Yeah, for sure. You can, they can kiss the ring. <laughs> yeah. Inside joke. You'll, right. you'll have to be there and we'll have Justin tell the joke. So signing off. <laughs> Later. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.